And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Jennifer Morris, who during her near-death experience communicated with golden orbs and saw family members. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today and welcome. Thanks for having me. I am honored to be with you today. Thank you. So Jennifer, if you don't mind, let's start with the day that you had the NDE, or maybe you need to start with a little bit of backstory about your surgery, and then we'll go from there. Okay, thank you. Uh, Starting in January 2017, I started having surgeries for low back issues. Um, I had a surgery where I, I had lost the ability to walk and I had to learn how to walk. It took me two and a half years. And from that point, I ended up in total having eight spinal surgeries. And the last one was a spinal fusion L5S1 with rods and screws in January of this year, January 22nd, 2022, to be specific. And the agreement I had with the physicians and the hospital was that because they were overcrowded, I would have the surgery and go home. And I was fine with this. By this point, I was uh, very well adept to having surgeries and getting through them okay. So I had um, come home to lay down and my daughter approximately four hours later came in the, the room to check on me and she said that I was um, flailing my arms around, getting up and down, screaming, I just could not answer questions. So at that point, she had called 911 and the paramedics came and none of this I I remember. I, I do not remember any of this happening to me. In total, I lost two and a half days. Um... My family told me that the paramedics were here and they couldn't really get a grasp on what was going on with me. And uh, from my medical records, I have found that it took the ER physicians over an hour to stabilize me. Um, They were diagnosing me with sepsis. I had um, acute hyposchemic respiratory failure, pneumonia, acute kidney injury, encephalopathy, where the brain swells and there's not enough oxygen getting to the brain. And they thought I was bleeding to death and they, they couldn't figure out where. And they did all kinds of testing on me, and um, I wasn't bleeding to death. I had uh, anemia, a severe anemia going on. And I um, at that point was hospitalized. Uh, like I said, two days I had lost. And when I woke up on the third day, I was still having some severe issues with um, lack of oxygen. And I was still not really comprehending where I was. Um, I couldn't answer questions. Uh, many doctors came to see me about seven different physicians each day would come to see me and each one of them that came into my room looked at me and they told me I was a miracle and I 
really didn't grasp what they were saying to me until the fourth day going into the fifth day. And they said that I, I should not be alive, that the sepsis was so severe that I just shouldn't not have survived through it. So um, on the, the um, I think I have to go back to the point when I was in the ER. I was, sorry, <laughs> I think I need to go back to the ER because I believe that's when I had my NDE. I was unconscious for two and a half days. So for whatever reason, I was all of a sudden in this grayish white, vast open area with below me pitch black. I mean, a blackness that you can't even imagine. And I could see figures in the blackness. But to the left of me was 10 family members. And in front of me were two larger golden orbs off to the distance, way off in the distance, I could see a very bright white light. And throughout the white light, I could see gold. It looked like gold flecks falling through the bright white light. And I could see my body below me. I could see the bed. I can see a couple walls and I could see all the equipment that was hooked up to me. And I physically did not have to open my eyes because everything was telepathic and energy. The, the orbs, you could see like radiating energy coming off of them. And they, they were like gold, but they were also kind of see-through. And as far as my family members, they were like half energy as well. I, I could tell who they were and I, I could picture them in my mind as, you know, who they were, but half of them was like radiate, radiating iridescent colored orbs. And these golden orbs started to tell me that my family members were there for me, but they're not there to communicate with me. And they, at that point, told me that there's so much that they could tell me about the universe, but they cannot tell me a lot of information because if I do go back and if I do go back that I could not physically in my brain handle all the knowledge that they have. Um, these orbs told me that I was there awaiting a decision. And at that point I knew that I could die. All of this was very, very clear, very apparent. Um, it was not like a dream at all. Dreams can be kind of fuzzy and weird things happen. This was so clear and so poignant to me that I knew it wasn't a dream. I was there. Um, these golden orbs also told me that they are 
very concerned about the the state of the world and what happens in the world and they're really i think wanting me to send a, a message that because they're so unhappy that in the not too distant future things can change for us on this planet and it, it just will not be a good thing that um, we need to start loving and caring for each other, including strangers. They, they want that love for all of us. It, they they want us to be caring of each other. They they do not want the state of the world how it is. Um, and then there was another message for myself that I needed to work on myself and try to become a better person try to truly relay their message and I think that what they were telling me between the the light grayish foggy area and the darkness below I got a very I was told very distinctly that I am seeing these two areas because I am in between. You can go to the good, to the light, or to heaven. And it is possible to go to the dark where it is not a place you want to be. There is, um, there is a lot of souls that are distraught um it's just not a good place to be that you will really end up in torment and basically i think they're telling me that these two areas are possible um as far as what happens after in the afterlife, I think, after we pass away, I know that it is, it's mostly energy-based, um, all of it, including what we want to, in our language, call God. I, I also got the distinct image from them that some of the words we're using like heaven, God, angels, that it's kind of just a a word that we'll understand. But when we pass away, it's not as clear cut. It's not as clear cut as you go to heaven, you go to hell, you read in the Bible. I was told that there are so many different levels that we can end up going to and it, it's just not a clear-cut thing I'm you know I was brought up Catholic and you know all that imagery of heaven and hell um I, I just I, I don't know <laughs> it's hard for me to to say to get out how much it is energy based um i i think we we see in our mind our family members they're they are there in, in a energy type form but i i think because we physically see people that we have the image but 
if we see this energy base, we know that it's a family member. Like I knew it was my dad. I knew it was my grandmother. I knew it was my godmother, my godfather, you know, down the line to 10 family members. But it's it's kind of all been very confusing to me because other, I guess other stories I've heard about angels and, you know, seeing things like that. It's not where I was. I was not in that place. Um, there's probably obviously a reason for that. But, um, yeah, I, I know it was energy-based. And I, I was not physically having my eyes open, looking around. I knew everything that was around me. I, I knew that I was in a bed in an emergency room below me. Um, I was told that love is love. There, there's no distinction. If there is love in the heart that's true, then it's not an issue. Um, again, loving and caring and giving is what is wanted of us. Um, I, I mean, can you only imagine how great this would be if we were all that way? Um, I, I, um, so through this experience and as I was there awaiting a decision, I, I knew that I could die and it, it was not an issue. It was not an issue at all because I was in such peace. So calm, there was nothing that could hurt me. I had no more pain. I, I went through 20 years of debilitating pain before all these surgeries started. And it was amazing. And I keep trying to feel that feeling now that I'm back here and I, I can't, I, I just know how it felt. And, um, oh, sorry, this is a little overwhelming. <laughs> You're doing great. I, uh, after going through speaking to these orbs, um, I finally was told that I could not stay. I could not stay there because, for one, I needed to work on myself. Um, I, and I do. I, I'm... I, I make mistakes just like everybody else. So I believe that wholeheartedly that I, I definitely do need to work on myself. But I was also told that I need to go back because I need to be here for my daughter. And I, I, I still haven't quite figured that out, what that means. And also to share my experience and share what is wanted of us um after i left the hospital and came home the very first night i started having nightmares um and it was about the this blackness the the dark area with the figures in it and 
every night for five months straight, I would wake up screaming, crying, and shaking uncontrollably. And it took about, yeah, about five months long. And I, I got in contact with Chicago Ions and I got into contact with a woman named Sharon Heller. Um, she researches a lot on near death and has had her own experience and an amazing experience. And she helped me get through the nightmare, but there, there was one day when, sorry, I got to go back a little when I was having this nightmare. I would be standing outside of this extreme blackness and I could see figures and I could feel that, that trauma, that distress, that, that anguish. And I could see this very tall, grotesque figure standing there waiting to see if I would cross into the darkness. And I only had that clear image once. And then after that, I had discussed with my primary physician about the, um, the nightmare I was having and According to my PCT, that this um, this dream is uh, a part of the near death experience, and it it is uh, a PTSD issue. So um, I've gotten a little bit better, but you know, through this experience in this entire year i have i have went from being in complete shock and having questions and continually crying um asking why this happened to me i i mean i think i have a little bit better grasp on that um and i think that's to relay the message but um as far as getting through it right now I am at a point that um I'm still kind of in shock but I am um, what's the word I guess it's depression. I have felt that I actually have been mourning my own death. Um, I, I feel like because they told me I need to work on myself and go back, that it it's like a second chance. So for most of this year, I have felt like it's an odd thing to say, <clears throat> but I do feel like I've been mourning my own death and I need to start a new life. This year has been very hard for me because I'm trying to like fit pieces together of my NDE and my, my NDE is, I think a little bit, it's different from other people's. And I, you know, I keep wondering why I'm shown that everything is energy based. I don't know. I've just been struggling through this and I'm extremely grateful that I had the experience. I've been through, you know, many rough experiences, um, a couple life altering experiences and I usually 
take the good out of the bad. Um, and this was an amazing experience. And it's, it's very difficult to try to explain to somebody that hasn't been through it. Um, of course, there's a lot more questions. Um, but I'm not going to get those answers. I don't think I'm going <laughs> to. I think even when we pass away that we may have more knowledge, but we're not going to get all of the knowledge of how the universe works. Um, at least this is my experience and what I'm taking from it. So um, I did get a chance to go back and, and speak to the emergency room physician about the sepsis and my near-death experience. And, and he was just extremely happy that I was here. <laughs> so am I. But um, he's extremely happy that somebody came back and thanked him. And I told him my NDE and we both just sat there and cried. Um, uh, I will never forget him. He, he saved my life. When did you recall your NDE? Was it when you immediately woke up or a couple days later? It was about on the fifth day that I was in the hospital. I, I was there for a total of five days. And um, like in, in the mid part of the day, I... I just kind of got all my memory back and it, it just kind of hit me. And I verbally spoke up and, and I said, wow, because I, I just, all of this stuff was coming back to me and I couldn't believe it. And I knew that it was a near death experience. It, it, wasn't a dream and I did speak to um the pastor at the hospital I talked to him about it talked to several doctors about it and you know they they all really said that I'm a mystery they they do not know why I'm here and the only thing I can say it's by the grace of God who do you think those golden orbs were the golden orbs, I believe, are, they're not gods. They're, they're, from what I think they are, is that they can speak on behalf of God, uh, on behalf of the higher energy. And I believe that all the, the gold that I've seen through the white light, I believe that's more orbs um i don't want to say angels because they, they just they weren't angels in the image they were showing me i mean it was radiating energy golden orb and all i can say is is that they were there and they can um talk to people that are are dying or or passing away um incidents like mine so yeah i i just think that they have all the knowledge of the universe but they're there to help guide us when you were out of your body and you saw the orbs, do you think you were in orb form as well? I was not. I could see my, in my mind, because everything was telepathic. Um, again, I, I did not have my eyes open. Um, it was images in, in my brain. And I, I, I just knew because 
in my brain, I could see myself floating there. I could see myself in the hospital gown. I, I could see, you know, my arms and legs, but I did not have my eyes open. It, it, it was an amazing thing to be able to communicate telepathically. It, it, it's just astounding to me. Do you feel like at the moment you would ask a question, you would immediately receive the answer? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I have had um, paranormal experience after I got home, um, which was a, a shadow figure that was just flying through my house and that lasted about three days and then that was gone who was that shadow figure i think it followed me from the hospital honestly i i was told that it was my father from somebody but that's not the feeling i get um i i just believe it it was I actually believe it, it is a ominous figure that was just trying to cling on to me. It, it did not feel good to me. It did not feel like my father. Um, so, yeah, I, I just don't think it was good. Um, do, do I did see, I did see a, um, a young girl in my house as well after and not too long after the NDE only about two weeks later and um sometimes like if I'm out in public and I can only verified this once with with a girl but when I'm out in public and if somebody's really going through something personal in their life I, it just feels like a magnet connecting me to them and I got the nerve up once to ask a girl and um I said I'm sorry I don't want to bother you but I I think you um are really going through a tough time and a personal time and, and she just looked at me stunned and and she's like how do you know and I, all I could say was I can feel it and um you know, I, I think little things like that can can help people in their day. Um, I hope I can have more of that in the future. It's it's been a, a very astounding experience. Do you feel like the orbs had a warning for humanity, or they're just trying to send a message? I, I think it's a warning. <laughs> I, I honestly do. I, I think that because they told me that they are not just now, but they, they've been um, they've not been good with the state of the world. And, and that's been for, you know, a long time. And I, I don't want to predict anything, you know, I, I, I'm, I just know what I was told and I don't want to make predictions, but I was told when they were telling me about the state of the world that more natural disasters could begin. Um, and, and it would end up being kind of like a cleansing and, you know, hoping that we're all going to turn around and be the people we're supposed to be. So basically, if we don't change our ways, more natural disasters will happen. Yeah. I, I like I said, I don't want to make predictions, but I, I, I know that's what they told me. And, and actually here talking to you is the first time I, I've ever spoke about that because it's a big thing to try to predict something like that or say something like that or 
try to convey something like that. How should we change our ways? Well, crime is a big thing. Um, it just first of all, our our day to day thinking, our evil ways, if you want to call it, uh, how we've hurt people, um, selfishness, greediness, all of these things. Just they just need to change. Um, they want peace. They want serenity. They don't, they feel it every time there, there's, even in an individual person, from what they told me is that they can feel the emotion. If something bad happens to, you know, just one person. Do you think that all the negativity that we're experiencing and having cumulatively is having this profound effect on the planet? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, we we're definitely taking advantage. We're we're, and I know this is hard to say because we have our own free will. We have our own thoughts, but you know that. They're really trying to convey they want the evilness out of the world. And that for that to happen, it would really take a miracle. And like I said, I think that the natural disaster thing that they told me is a like a cleansing. And I, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's really hard for me to describe. So did they show you what the disaster looked like? I mean, like a flood or tornadoes or anything? Yes, actually it was. It was, uh, a big one was um, earthquake and water. Um, I, I, I can't say a time span, you know, I, I can't predict when it's going to happen. But the communication they had with me about this, you know, just gave me the, the feeling that it may happen. It, it really may happen. There is a chance that it won't, or are you feeling like it's a done deal? I feel like in the in the future, and I don't know how far in the future, but it just, I, I think it is, I think it's imminent. Mm. It, we, the, the message they're trying to, to tell me is that we are one, that we are one in loving each other and that that's not happening. And it's almost like they can take as much as they can take. And they don't want to continue going on this way, having to watch all the horrors of the world. And that that's, I don't know, I, I just... <laughs> I don't want to get a lot of backlash for this because I, I just know what I was told. Right. I was there and what I was told. Right. Well, hopefully this video will get out to enough people that we can prevent that. I think if, if we as humans, as people started turning around, I, I don't feel that it would happen, but the, the way that we are, and the way that there is evil in the world for sure without a doubt and you know we we do things that are wrong and it's been this way for too long now you have a current pcp and he knows about your nde does he yes. does he acknowledge it as being real yes 
Um, the first day I, I seen him after my NDE, he walked in the door and he's like, oh, it's Miracle Girl. And um, we, we talked about my whole NDE and he concurred that um, him and other doctors that he, he personally knows that, that they feel if you're leaving your body, if you could see your body, then that is when the soul separates from the body. And I, I'm having trouble with, with certain words like, like soul. I, I guess we can call it a soul, but I know that it's energy. You were told that you needed to personally change. Yes. What have you changed about yourself? I'm in a process. I I am working towards, I, I've, I've been working on selfishness. I've been working on how I communicate to people, trying to be more understanding, trying to, um, not have bad thoughts, um, you know, not um, thinking bad of others. Um, I, I have to kind of, I, I've been having an issue with, with um, people in general because I now know that I, I need to be a better person. I, I know it. And I, I already knew it before, but now I'm told that that's what I have to work on. And, you know, to, to it, there's been some issues, personal issues in the past and um, w with family and in my immediate family. And um, trying to work on a better relationship with my daughter. And I've been having to bite my tongue a lot and try to get other thoughts out of my mind. So it's a process. And, and you know, from, from there, I would, I would like to move on to do more research. And... Um, live a better life. I, I've not up to this point lived a, a very good life. And I think that's a lot of selfishness. So it, it's been difficult. <laughs> Has your family noticed the changes in you? And if so, have they commented on that? My daughter and I... Uh, she knows that I'm working on it, so she has acknowledged it. Um, my husband actually has once or twice acknowledged that, you know, we're supposed to be working on ourselves. And, you know, he'll say it kind of abruptly, but I, I know what he means. And, you know, it, it just, it takes time, especially when there's stuff in the past that, is it's hard to get over. So I, you know, hopefully one day can just be that better person, the person I knew that I should have always been. Since your NDE, it appears that you've been able to see beings in your house. I have, could prior to that as well. Do you have any new abilities since your NDE? I hear a lot of, especially early on after the NDE, I hear like conversations and I'm not yet able to fully make it out. So I've, I've also been working on um, meditating and um, trying to understand the paranormal a little bit better. Um, but I, I've had experiences since I was five years old. Did you have an NDE or something else happen to you at that age? I actually personally believe what brought on me being able to hear or see things is that um, 
when I was five and, you know, like five to eight, um, my neighbor girlfriend, um, there were a couple really bad incidents in her home and she brought a game out and I didn't know what it was. I was five years old and she said, how about we play this game? And it was the Ouija board. Um, her father had committed suicide in the home and um, there was another man that collapsed of a heart attack and died in her home. And I truly believe that's where, where it started. Um, you know, she didn't know how to work the Ouija board. Um, but, but I've thought about this a lot and, and when and why it started. And to me that that's the most logical time. And from that point on, I was continually sleepwalking all the time. Um, and, and I started at that point having severe sleeping issues. So that's when I believe it started. And not too long after the Ouija board um, communication, um, we had been at a, a family get together, um, big Polish family, you know, all the food and lots of family. And I was playing all day with um, two girls that were twins. Um, and I, I still can see them today. And all day I was playing with these girls in my um, godmother's home and um, came to find out later that there was a house fire and the two, the twins had passed away in the home. And, you know, I, I asked my godmother, I said, who, who are these girls? And, and she said, there's no twins in our family. And there were twins that lived a couple houses down, but they passed away in a fire. So uh, I'm thinking that it's those girls. And it, it was, I mean, I played with them all day long. <laughs> we ran all over the house outside. I, I remember it very clearly. Now you're also an artist and you've painted your NDE. Can you show that to us, please? Sure. This is exactly how I was envisioning everything and this, you know, the, the grayish white and the black, they were very distinct. Um, it, it was like half of the place I was in, you know, it, it was very distinct, the top and the bottom <clears throat> and my whole body floating over myself, the two golden orbs. And I made the uh, family members blue and pink to determine who's male and female. And then under the blackness at the bottom were figures. They, they were silhouettes of figures. And then the uh, bright white light off far in the distance with the um, gold flecks going through. And this is exactly how it was. So when you were floating above your body, you were kind of laying down horizontal in that position? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was just, it, it, it was floating. I mean, I was floating there. I mean, I didn't move around, but I was just there. <laughs> so beneath the black area that was below you, the spirits that were there, those were people that you think were like, had had, you know, a tough time on earth and now they're kind of down in a negative area? Yes, without a doubt. It, this was, this was very distinct in my mind when I got out of the hospital that, you know, and I think that's why too, that I'm really trying to work hard on myself because, um, you know, I was specifically told that 
this is a kind of hell, not hell, but a place of anguish. And I, I don't want to end up there. And I know it's possible to end up there. <laughs> Do you feel like you need to work more on your actions <laughs> or more on your energy and creating love in your life? It, it's definitely more love. I, I, and that's why I'm trying to work hard to, to change because it's definitely, I, I guess in my immediate family that um, certain individuals are, are having difficulty um, feeling my love, getting my love conveyed to them because of issues in the past. So yeah, it's, it's definitely where I'm trying to get to. When you were on the other side, was anything of reincarnation mentioned? No, it, it wasn't. Um, but again, th there are so many different levels that, you know, they told me there's just an infinite amount of levels that we can end up on. And I don't doubt that it could happen, but they did not convey any of that to me. I, I actually had a friend ask me the same question the other day. Um, I think it's possible. Do you think that they are levels of consciousness? Well, I think there's levels of our understanding. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by consciousness. I think we specifically end up at the level that we're going to understand. I think, you know, there's so many that, you know, you might go somewhere. If you, you, you don't really go somewhere else, but just saying that, you know, if you're going to go to a different level, you, you might not understand it. So it's, I, I think at least for me, for my ND, everything was very poignant, very specific to me. Do you feel like your NDE was just as real as you and I talking right now? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I, it was very clear, uh, very peaceful, um, very serene. It, there's no question. And, and like I said before uh, about being spoken to telepathically, I mean, people might think that they can dream that, but when you experience it, you know it. Did you happen to learn why we come to Earth in the first place? Not necessarily, no. And, and I think that's part of the um, the knowledge that they were telling me that there's so much knowledge and and I just couldn't grasp it all physically but um i i think there there's parts of my nde that you know it, it's about the state of the world but then there there's other parts that are, are just really specific to me has the memory of this nde faded over time no not one bit i i have relived it in a sense every single day that it has happened it it has affected me so profoundly that besides my immediate family i'm having a lot of difficulty communicating with anybody else um i just am continually thinking about it thinking about what I'm supposed to do, what, what is wanted of the world. It's just nonstop. Uh, I have not forgotten anything. It's very clear. Were you comforted by the fact that you saw your family there? Yes, very comforted. And I think that's, that's part of when we pass away. That's why they're there. It's a comfort. Um, 
I, <laughs> it's kind of odd with, with, you know, seeing my father there because the death of my father has had completely devastated me. And I was so calm and had no worries, nothing that just being close to my dad was good enough. And, and, you know, I, I was able to deal with it when normally I would think if I ever saw my dad again, that I would be, you know, hysterically crying or something. But with all of the family members there by me, I, it just, it just felt like comfort and love. You mentioned that you were raised Catholic. Are you still Catholic? And if not, what are your spiritual beliefs? I'm still Catholic, but I, I, I know things now and I have a lot of questions. Um, I think that, you know, when you're Catholic and you're brought up with all that imagery of angels and demons and I think there is evil in the world, but um, I I have questions with the Bible because I feel now that you know most of the Bible is accurate, but I I have this feeling that. Some of it is stories to help us be comfortable. And I know that I, I, I'm still working that one out, so I, I can't say definitively. I don't think that it is, like I said earlier, it's not as clear cut. It's not heaven and and. And I know there's been a lot of people that have described this, but I think there is an area that that's good. And I think that there's area that's bad, but not necessarily heaven and not necessarily hell, like the imagery that we've all been shown. Um, I, I have very strong feelings about the energy base of it and that has led me in other directions than you know just reading the bible and saying well you know this happened to jesus this happened to joseph this happened you know um michael and then there's god and whether that's what we're calling them i think from the beginning of time it's it's just all been energy based would you say that good and evil just depends on how our energy level is high energy is good low energy is evil no um i think it's i think it's based on our behavior you know, and that's kind of a contradiction for me because we could be influenced by evil and that's not, you know, necessarily our fault, which, you know, they understand that, you know, some people are not so bad, but they've done bad things. And then there are truly evil people. All right. Well, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open to that? Sure. What's the best way to reach you? Um, I'm on Facebook, Jennifer Morris, or um, they can send me an uh, email at jennifermorris574 at gmail.com. I mentioned earlier about your artwork. Do you have like a website if people want to see any of your other artwork? Um, I used to, but I'm not doing that any at this time, just because th this whole year has been so difficult for me. 
Um, yeah, it's I just don't have anything up right now. But there is a lot of my artwork on my Facebook page. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Positive message, I would say, is that love is love. Try not to be influenced too much on other people's negativity towards you, um, negativity in general. But I think we can all get there. And to spread the, the love and caring through as many people as we can. Jennifer, thank you for that message. And thank you for being my guest. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.